Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussions of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is John Keeley. And my name is Rick Sweet. This is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 396th show is Dr. Andreen Mayer, research scholar in the Classics Department at Stanford University, who will be talking to us about her book, The Amazons, Lives and Legends of Warrior Women Across the Ancient World. Our history of this evening is Ed Broders. Ed, you get to start us off once again. Thanks, Rick. Um, Dr. Adrian, we've already discussed the uh, vast geographical area um, in which the uh, Scythians um, occupied, um, but they were nomadic people. We've also discussed grave goods. If I'm an archaeologist and I want to find more of these sites, how do I figure out where they are? Interesting question. Um, Scythia is dotted with the graves of ancient uh, peoples. Um, going all, uh, I think the earliest date uh, would be maybe a 5th century, uh, maybe 6th century uh, B.C. Those are the earliest graves. And the Scythians buried their, uh, their dead in elaborate graves. Um, they, Herodotus, the 5th century B.C. Uh, Greek historian, actually interviewed Scythians, and he may have even seen how they created their grave, grave mounds called kurgans. Uh, K-U-R-G-A-N-S. And these are mounds, some of them very large, very large, uh, that dot the uh, the sort of plains of, of Scythia. And under those mounds, they constructed uh, with large timbers, uh, gr- grave chambers, uh, and some of them were booby-trapped so that uh, they could... Um, uh, foil looters even in antiquity because everyone knew that the, the, the Scythians tended to put a lot of gold and uh, valuable uh, treasures in their graves. Uh, so the way uh, archaeologists decide where graves are is, is to uh, get permission to excavate one of these mounds. And there have been as I say, well, more than a thousand have been excavated. Quite a few of them are along the Don River uh, in in Ukraine, uh, excavated by Soviet uh, uh, earlier uh, Soviet excavators and now Russians. Um, one of the most spectacular ones you may have heard about it in the media. Uh, it was just uh, a couple months ago. They found four women buried together in a kurgan with their weapons and horse equipment. And what was amazing about that was that the the four women buried together represented three generations. The oldest woman was about 40 40 to 50 years old. And then there were two who were in their 20s or or early 30s. And then there was a very young uh, uh, girl who was between 12 and 13 years old. They were all buried with their own uh, set of weapons. and it really was quite astounding because it showed that women of all ages were active warriors and participated in battle alongside the men and buried with the same honors as the men. And, and how many of these mounds 
uh, are found in one place. Were, were, were they like kind of like our cemeteries where, okay, we bury a few people here and then we have a certain amount of space and gradually fill it up, or do you find them like only three or four at a time? Um, I think that uh, you find both. Uh, there are some areas where there are many. Um, the the uh, Julia, the archaeology um, archaeologist who discovered the four women uh, together, buried together just recently, a couple months ago, uh, this is just the most recent of that team's discoveries. They have found, uh, I believe, 20 um, uh, Kurgans. They have excavated 20 Kurgans and found lots of female uh, um, skeletons along along that area, which seem to be a, a sort of vast cemetery area. These these Kurgans are huge, so it's it's not like crowded together headstones like a, in a cemetery that we are thinking of, but it is a vast sort of plain with a lot of these mounds uh, are visible. Adrian, uh, you, you, you made a comment uh, um, earlier on our broadcast uh, portion about some of the things that the Amazons and the Scythians had, had uh, achieved, and that was domesticating the horse and, and uh, the, uh, the bow. Uh, uh, how about trousers? You had a whole section on <laughs> on trousers, and I found that really fascinating. Again, going back to the freaking Greeks out again. But, That's right. Want to want to talk about trousers? Sure. Um, it, I, yeah, you're talking about the chapter in my book called Who Invented Trousers? Yes. And, um, the, the Greeks uh, uh, were quite proud of their uh, athletic outdoor bodies of the men. You notice how many... Uh, fabulous statues there are of nude men from ancient yeah. Greece, and yeah. um, and the Greeks, uh, like many ancient cultures, uh, their clothing consists of uh, a large rectangle of cloth held together with pins, um, and that you find that all around the Mediterranean. Uh, to- Roman togas are the same. Um, those people who wear clothing like that, they, they don't ride horses. If people who ride horses can't, uh, they're not going to last very long riding a horse yeah. uh, in, yeah. in a in a in a what's basically like a bath towel. <laughs> yes. So they so the the Scythians uh, invented leggings and trousers, and this was once again like their egalitarian lifestyle, absolutely necessary. For the life they led, they, you've got to have leg coverings if you're going to spend your life uh, on a horse. And so they invented trousers. And the earliest examples we have come from some graves that are uh, either in the permafrost or extremely uh, dry deserts. The textiles have lasted, and, and there are some trousers. And if you think about it, that means they invented the first tailored clothing because trousers are pieced together and then cut and then sewn together uh, to fit. Um, And they also made tunics, which had uh, fitted sleeves. So they're making the first uh, tailored garments. And you can see these um, also depicted in ancient Greek vase paintings. And the ancient Greek artists just lovingly detailed the Amazon's clothing wildly patterned uh, leggings and trousers and tunics. Um, but the Greeks would not 
wear tunics uh, if they're li- uh, and trousers if their lives depend. True. On. <laughs> they thought that trousers were just uh, one of the most barbaric, outrageous yes. pieces of clothing ever. Um, they reser- referred to them as sacks for the legs. I mean, they just they. Even Alexander the Great, who on his campaigns, he went all the way across Asia, uh, meeting all these peoples who rode horses and wore trousers, and he took on many of their customs. He wore uh, some of their clothing, took a, uh, some of their equipment um, and their customs, but he drew the line at trousers. Um, he he yeah. would never wear trousers, and uh, <laughs> it was just freaked him out. And yet, uh, trousers now are universal. They became. Uh, um, there's a funny story in my book about how the Chinese also uh, refused yeah. to wear trousers until they met the Scythians and saw how efficient uh, trousers were. If you're going to ride a horse or, or fight battles, uh, so uh, trousers are the first active wear. And it, they were invented by uh, Scythians. Um, Dr. Mayor, my wife is Norwegian, and I have seen her angry warrior look at me several times. <laughs> um, and I think that she definitely wanted to go on rampage. Uh, the reason I'm asking for this is, uh, for one, we focus pretty much on Scythians. But as you said earlier, um, the further north, as it was recently discovered with um, in the Scandinavian um, cultures that women were taking part as being warriors there too. Um, yes. Knowing the women in my wife's family, I never doubted it. But what records do we have with there about their taking part in uh, the actual combat and defending territory? That's, and that's very interesting too, because we for a long for a long time there were reports and there uh, ancient epic poems and uh, um, accounts of. Uh, shield maidens and uh, female warriors among the Vikings, uh, but nobody had any evidence of it. So it was thought to be just, uh, once again, just thought to be fantasy or uh, uh, storytelling imagination. Uh, and recently in Sweden, they have found uh, some graves that had uh, Viking equipment and weapons, and the skeletons were female. So uh, once again, we no- we now have. Uh, we have evidence that there were females among the Viking uh, fighters. So I think I, that's happening everywhere, all around the world. You keep hearing about new discoveries of female skeletons now that we have the DNA. See, I never really had to find that out because I have said things where she looked around and looked for a weapon naturally. <laughs> so I, I thought it was just the nature of the creature from, you know, millenniums. But anyway... <laughs> We would like to thank our guests for the 396th show, Dr. Adrian Mayer, research scholar at the Classics Department at Stanford University, who talked to us about the Amazons, life and legends of warriors, women across the ancient world. The History Buffer Today's show is Ed Broders. You can listen to ROIs. It's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM, and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put K-A-L-A-H-D-2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard on SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows.
You can also find ROI on your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University, Davenport, Iowa.